Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. We know what Comey did. And what am I supposed to do now, make believe I'm angry? Oh, you'll hear it today. They'll twist themselves up in a knot all day long, screaming about the deep state like they can do something about it. Laughing all the way to the bank. All right, so he did this. Now what? Why isn't he? Here's the question for you. And don't even call me on this. So it comes out that Comey set up Trump, right? Illicitly passed on fake memos to a lawyer friend who then leaked them to the New York Times. And then they spread the Russian conspiracy theory. And then they did the whole investigation trying to ruin Trump and his family for two years. The only question that you're not asking, which is why is Attorney General Barr, who was appointed by Trump, not prosecuting Comey? And once you answer that question, you'll understand why the story means nothing. Because it's all bullcrap. They're all part of the same power structure. They are called the establishment. It's the old boys network. If you think Barr is any different than Comey or Mueller or this one or that one, then you don't understand the halls of power like I do. That's all. I got that out of the way. So I could throw that in the garbage because I'm not talking about it. You want to hear about this? You want to hear about it? You'll hear it all day long today, tomorrow, next week. You'll hear it right through the election. Comey this, Comey that. Here's a story I want to tell you about. Surge in young Republicans worried about the environment, says survey. I've been trying to tell Donald Trump and his uh, staff that for uh, since he became president. A majority of U.S. Republicans, especially younger voters, are worried that human behavior is damaging the planet. Well, it's 100 percent true. We are damaging the planet. We're not talking about global warming. We're talking about damaging the planet. We are talking about the president taking wilderness areas. I oh, here you go. Turn the show off now. You don't want to hear the truth, right? taking wilderness areas in the millions of acres and turning them over to loggers. Well, that's the free market, Mike. I heard that on the uh, on the radio from a real powerful talk show host. 
who wants to kill the sea turtles too because they're messy and they get in his way, his lights. He can't turn his lights on at night. We want to destroy the environment and pave it over, Mike. That's the Republican way. No, that's not the Republican way. That's the hijacked Republican way. Surgeon Young Republicans worried about the environment. They should be. And I'm the only one in the on the right side of the dial who has been talking about animals and the environment for 25 straight years. And I'm still trying to do so. And I'm still trying to get through to the president. And I think it's a losing cause, no matter what I do. So I'll throw that in the garbage. Next story. Dirty gold I was going to talk about. Oh, here's one that I know will provoke you. If you're out there wanting to be provoked before Labor Day weekend. Most normal people are not listening to the radio. If you're listening, you're not a normal person. It means something's wrong in your life that you waste your time listening to me. <laughs> no, if you're a normal person, you'd be able to tell us the baseball scores, uh, the basketball scores going back to 1952. That's the average American man. He's a genius. He doesn't know anything about politics. He could quote, ba- why is he on fourth base, third base, second base, first base? Yes, indeed. I got my hat on backwards. And of course, look, I can't knock it because I'll be thrown off another station since uh, as a result of a conglomeration, talk radio stations are part of clusters in which there are sports stations, right? Am I right, Jim? So if I knock sports listeners, I could get thrown off the air as a talker because they make more money than talk shows do. And so since there's no longer any independently controlled stations, by and large, I take it all back. People who listen to baseball on the radio and have their hats on backwards are the geniuses of our time. They are the smartest people in America to tune into baseball scores. That's what America needs now, a 19th century game played by idiots in striped suits. Omar the Terrible wants UN to take control of our borders. That, that's pretty clear. You know who she is, don't you? The wonderful refugee asylum victim from uh, Somalia who hates America, hates Trump, hates white people. Hates America, hates Trump, hates white people. Representative Il Omar says the United Nations must be brought in to handle the immigration crisis on America's southern border. Now, here is a woman who is as, I can't say it, it's a family show. The more she yells, the more you know she's hiding many, many things. So here's a woman who wants to violate our Constitution and bring the U.N. onto our soil when she herself doesn't belong here. I'll repeat that. I want this woman investigated and tried for sedition and thrown out of my country before she does any more harm. She is the enemy within. She is an example of the enemy within. Now, before you jump to conclusions, oh, you're just a racist because she's dark-skinned. No, you're wrong. You're 100% wrong. This is a clearly seditious human being a hater of the worst kind who never belonged in this country to begin with, never. But she snuck in under an asylum plan passed by a former administration. And instead of welcoming America, thanking America for welcoming her, since she became a congresswoman, she attacks this country. And now she goes to the next step and says the U.N. takes control of our borders. This is sickening. Now, she should know and I'm sure as a congresswoman, she does know that this is a violation of our Constitution. This is the same enemy within who has previously called for the elimination of the entire Department of Homeland Security. 
Did you hear this? Now, any such intervention by the United Nations would be a direct violation of U.S. sovereignty. It would weaken America's national security. And she should know that as a congressperson, but apparently she either knows it and wants to break the law. She's calling for the U.N. occupation of the United States. Can you believe this? Can you believe this? This woman is psychological torture for the American patriot. She is psychological torture for the American patriot. Can I ask you a question, audience of the Savage Nation? Well, it's a simple question. Should, Il- should Omar the Terrible be tried for sedition? And when she is found guilty, deported from America? It's a simple question. Now, that's one that interests me. Now, I understand you're not excited about it as much as Comey. And I understand that because you're brainwashed into thinking that that's more important than her. But the Comey story is a waste of time. It's going to go nowhere because the attorney general said he's not prosecuting him. So forget about it. Now let's deal with something we can deal with, which is trying Omar for sedition and having her deported. Here she is demanding that a foreign body, the U.N., take over America's border crisis in clip three on the Savage Nation. So we should do what any other country does by dealing with this situation in a serious way. So we have to bring in the United Nations High Commissioner on Refugees, an agency that has the expertise and the training to handle massive flows of refugees humanely. You're going to tell us you come from a swamp of a nation? You come from one of the worst assholes on the planet, Somalia? Where women like you are treated worse than a camel? Where women have their genitals mutilated against their will when they're young girls? Where women three, four, five, six years old are sold off to men to be turned into wives? You're lecturing us when you come from one of the worst asshole countries on the planet? And you're telling us that a UN high commissioner, the only thing high about that commissioner are the drugs he's on. What do you mean UN high commissioner? Who is it? Some degenerate bum in the U.N. is going to come here and tell us how to run our country? We don't need a high commissioner. We need a low commissioner. Now, she goes on, though, this degenerate. Listen to 04. We're really losing our moral high ground. It doesn't make any sense for us to be committing these kind of human rights violations. There are no violations, you piece of crap. Policies in the way that we interact with migrants and asylum seekers. If we want to continue... Okay, stop right here. Listen to me. Do you have any idea what this enemy within is doing to this nation, both domestically and internationally, by spreading the lie that we are committing human rights violations in the way we're handling the floods of illegal aliens from Central America? Do you have any idea what she is saying? Do you know that these people come from the worst and most despicable places on the planet, where most of them have never used a toothbrush or toilet paper, And here we bring them in and we give them food and medical care and clothing and television and lessons and this and that. We're the greatest nation on earth. We're the most welcoming nation on earth. We're the kindest nation on earth. We're the most humane nation on earth. And by this throwback, hater of America to keep repeating the big lie that we're committing human rights violations is a crime. It's a crime against America. It's a crime against humanity. And it is a crime of sedition. I want Representative Ilhan Omar tried for sedition. Will I have any effect? Absolutely not. 
I'll have as much effect as Barr will in prosecuting Comey. Now, there are other topics I'm going to talk about today. I realize most of you don't even care about this. I brought up the environmental policies, not a single call. Yeah, I brought it up. You know, it turned out that most young Republicans, including people who care about animals and the environment, know that Trump is destroying the earth. Sorry, that's the reality. You don't want to hear it. When I read that he was going to reclassify the Tsongas National Wilderness and let it be logged by the lowest form of humanity, these trees are ancient. They're thousands of years old. Why would you let a president set us back 100 years on the environment? What, because his name is Donald Trump? I'm sorry. There's a point at which I do not go over that line, and I don't want to hear any more about Trump being the greatest president in history. He's destroying the environment. And I'm telling you something right now. If he is not turned around on this issue, he will lose the election. Because it's not just young Republicans who worry about the environment. It is educated people who worry about the environment. It is educated people who worry about conservation. That is who worries about things like this. Sensitive, intelligent people worry about it. If you care to comment on any of these topics, the phone number here is 855-400-7282, 855-400-SAVAGE. Or if there is any other topic that is of extreme interest to you or you'd like to comment on, or maybe I shouldn't get excited, why should I care? Why do I care about these things? They're just animals in the earth. According to the morons who say that it's a free market, the earth replenishes itself. Yeah, the earth replenishes itself. That's like raping an old redwood forest for trees that are older than when Jesus walked the earth and then putting saplings in the ground. Say, see that? We told you. The trees are growing. That's something only someone who listens to talk radio could say with a straight face. Now, what topic do you feel is the most important to you that I've talked about or that no one is talking about? The phone number here is 855-47282. You can also call this show if you're listening to it, not on a radio station, but on the stream. Many, many stations carry this show. KSFO.com carries it around the country, around the world. And we're going to take calls for now for the next couple of hours here. And then I'm going to tell you some personal stories. I'm going to tell you some vacation stories. We're going to talk about the decimation of Lake Tahoe, one of the most beautiful wonders of the world, by low-class heathens on Labor Day weekend. Back in a minute. Savage. So I brought up two big topics, surge in young Republicans worried about the environment, huge surge. Everyone knows it except Donald Trump and his handlers who are pretending that he's just going to coast to victory. He won't coast to victory because there's a, a large swath of educated people. You want to call them suburban women? There's a code word for educated white women. When you say suburban women, that's a code word. That's like they used to say inner city was a code word for Right. So suburban women is a code word for white women, educated white women living in the suburbs. They're the ones who got them over the finish line. They're fed up with this of raping the environment. He's raping the environment. Now, don't tell me this is free market to take lands that were locked away to save them for generations to come to open it up to mining and foresting when some of these trees are thousands of years old. It is not his to abuse. He is not God Almighty. 
and the people around him are not God Almighty. And once they decimate the Tsongas National Forest, it, it shall never come back. Never. Certain things can never regenerate. Never. You know what never means? It means never. Never, 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 never. And we must say to Donald Trump, stop it. You know, Teddy Roosevelt was the father of the Republican Party in many ways. Teddy Roosevelt was a real man, a war hero, a real war hero. Real war hero, Teddy Roosevelt, a real man. And Teddy Roosevelt gave us our first national parks. Teddy Roosevelt was such a far-seeing man that I think it's up in the, the area of, uh, I don't know, it's in Washington State. There is an area where there are trees, whole, whole, whole uh, reserves of natural wonders of trees named for him in genus and species because he saved those forests forever so these trees could live. Why is it that an uneducated man can understand this? Why is it that an uneducated man can understand that we need these forests to cleanse the earth, to help us breathe? But aside from that, why is it that an uneducated man can even understand that trees are living beings and that when we start to decimate living beings, even trees in great numbers, we're decimating a piece of ourselves? I have tried to tell you before, we are the eagle. Some of you understood that. We are the eagle. So when you poison the earth with DDT and the eagle's egg is too thin to produce a, a little hatchling, it means the DDT moved into the food chain. It means you're also been poisoned. Savage. It is 35 minutes after the hour on the Savage Nation. I know most of you are on the way to some vacation site or your mind is elsewhere. You don't care about anything. People, I, I found out that over the years of doing radio, We've had a meltdown over the last couple of years. It's escalated to a meltdown level. Whether it's a product of burnout from listening to this crap day and night about fake Russia investigation, people just turned off. Or those who were defending Trump day and night, I mean, rightly so, turned off. No one wants to hear it anymore. No one wants to hear about Comey anymore. I don't care what the ratings are. People are not listening to it. And then there's, a, in addition to burnout, there is a lack of interest in boredom. Boredom sets in. So I understand how hard it is to reach you on any issue anymore. You've given up. Many of you have given up because Trump promised to build a wall. He never did. Trump promised to limit immigration. He never did. It got worse than under Obama. So many of you, I know what's going on. I don't care whether you read it anywhere or you hear it on wall banger or small banger or hall banger or Frito. It doesn't matter to me. I know what's going on. Many of you are jaded completely on the political system and you're not going to vote at all. And you're not buying a lie. Oh, vote for him or we'll have socialism, socialism. Oh, you hear socialism. You have already 80% socialism. 80% of what you have now is socialism, 75% socialism. That's, that's the big, if that's all he's going to sell, he's in real trouble. Vote for me or you'll have Karl Marx. Well, and the only one that would be applied to for sure would be Bernie Sanders who belongs in prison. So who's going to run other than him? Elizabeth Warren? Who's going to vote for that thing, that creature? that mean college teacher that everyone would run away from. You take a look at her. She's like a college teacher, hates men. You can see it all over her. A man-hater, an America-hater, a flag-hater, a soldier-hater, a cop-hater. Who's, who's going to vote for that one? 
So Trump wins again. So what, he gets to destroy another national forest because we didn't say anything? We have the power right now. And if he wins again, and I hope he does, listen to me carefully, we'll have no power over this administration at all when it comes to saving this earth. It's now or never. It's between now and the election that we have any leverage whatsoever over Donald Trump and those around him who are decimating America. How do you like that? Write it down, every last word of it. And I don't care if I lose you as a listener because you don't understand what I'm saying to you. The earth comes before anything else. Because once we decimate and destroy the earth, tell me what you're going to stand on, what you're going to breathe. Tell me what you're going to drink. Tell me what you're going to eat. You cannot permit any administration to destroy this environment for any reason whatsoever. That's my opinion. And don't give me the crap that you heard on radio from ignoramuses who never went to college. And don't know the first thing about Ecology 101 who tell you, oh, it's nothing, it's replenishable. That's a big lie. That's a convenient big lie. Once you pave something over, it's paved over. Once you poison a waterway, it's poisoned probably for a, a hundred or a thousand years. You know, I live right near San Francisco Bay. Originally, as you know, it was pristine. The Chinese raised shrimp out in a China camp up there in the North Bay. The waters were so clean, you could raise shrimp out here like in a tropical water. And people, of course, lived off the fish. The Native Americans did. The Indians did. Whichever you want to say. Then over the years, people didn't know what they were doing with the environment. They were dumping crap into the bay. Every kind of waste you could imagine. The waters turned brown. The fish died off. The fish became polluted. You couldn't eat them. And over the last 40 years, because of so-called environmental wackos, the bay has been cleaned up again. And you can eat the fish out of the bay again. You can't raise shrimp, but you can eat the fish again. And while the water is not pristine blue, as it would be in a tropical sea, it is somewhat bluish because it's coming back to life. It's taken almost 40 years to turn this around. Now, think of what would have happened had there not been any environmental movement in the 1960s to have turned around this large waterway here in the San Francisco area, which applies, by the way, to anywhere else in America. It would have been gone forever. What do you want it to look like, Bayonne, New Jersey? Like Tony Sopranos with tire tires sticking out of the out of the uh, the muck, just let a a, a bum throw asbestos in the, in the in the water. That's what you want. Let anyone Tony Soprano pour asbestos in the, in Bayonne, New Jersey. That's your idea of environmentalism. Or throw tires into the water. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? I do. I know what I'm talking about. Let me talk about sedition and why I think that one with the thing on her head. I'm giving you a definition of what she looks like, the hater. She looks like a snake that spits viper to me. Every time she opens up her mouth, I see, I see spit coming out with um, toxins in it. So now she wants the U.N. to take over our border, does she? That ungrateful immigrant. I am telling you she has, she has committed sedition, and she should be tried for sedition as a sitting member of Congress, and she should be found guilty of sedition, and then she should be deported. It has happened before, and it has to happen again. On the See, if Donald Trump were to demand that there be a trial of sedition against Omar, there'd be a great, great outcry from the people who hate him, like at the New York Times. But we have to ignore them. She has to be tried, found guilty, and deported, and it, it will send a very strong message to others who come here and crap on this nation. Look up what, what sedition is. This woman is inciting America to overthrow the government. She's a rabble-rouser. She's fomenting discontent. She's a troublemaker. She's provoking on purpose. She's inflaming riots. She is trying to cause an insurrection, a riot, a mutiny, an insurgence. 
She is subverting American jurisprudence. She is causing civil disorder. She is in everything, in every way, purely evil and must be found guilty of sedition. And the only way to do that is to have Trump demand that she be tried for sedition. I've had enough of her. She demands the United Nations take over America's border crisis. This creature who came here out of the kindness of the American people moved into Minneapolis, the poor oppressed minority and became a congresswoman in the hateful nation. How'd she become a congresswoman if the country's so hateful? The same way the Obamas pulled a big number, that America hates black people. Meanwhile, the guy was elected and the country is predominantly white. How'd that happen? We're not living in, in Rhodesia or South Africa. The country is predominantly white. How did Obama win if it's such a racist nation? It makes no sense logically because it's not true. Now, look how good he did for his people. He didn't he didn't he didn't he didn't see a dollar trickle down to black people in this country. Obama did not have a single dollar trickle down to black people. in it. he's one of the greatest con men in the history of the country. Barack Obama. So now when he gets out of office, him and his old lady sign a 70 million dollar book deal. Right. 70 million dollar book deal. And then they sign a hundred million dollar Netflix deal because it's such a racist nation. And if you buy that, I'm sorry, then you're really an ignoramus. There's nothing to say to you. But let me take some calls before the time runs away. I only have another hour and 15 minutes. I have a phenomenal guest in the next hour. I can't even tell you who she is right now because uh, we're on this topic right now. We have the great Dr. Marilyn M. Singleton, MD. And uh, you're not going to believe what she's going to talk about. Russia, racist, and ridiculousness with Dr. Singleton in the next hour. But let's go to the callers now on Trump's failures on the environment and how he's turning off young Republicans and educated people around the nation. Jimmy in New York, go ahead, say your piece. Dr. Savage, I am so disgusted with this president, and I was a staunch supporter of him. I've been following a series called, I don't know if you know, Serengeti, and I've been watching it religiously. And I Oh, I love that series. What, what an incredible series with that black African uh, uh, woman as the narrator. She's unbelievable. Your bungo, but what I'm trying to say to you is the animals are smarter than the people, and when you see how they love and protect their own, I mean, I feel like I'd rather live there than here because you know what? This man, who I was a staunch supporter for, flags, banners, and all, I am so disgusted with him right now. I don't know if I want to vote. And as far as Jippy Pop Head, that other one over there, they should have you act like you always say to bring back, but nobody really gives a damn about us. And your show yesterday, I listened to it three times well yesterday was on i was not on the air yesterday uh you probably heard yes a replay of the wednesday show yesterday yes well the other should uh, talking about if you, if you could ever have a show uh, a copy of the show i performed yesterday by not being on the air then you'd understand what a show is he's not christ he's not the everything of trump this trump that he's no no i can't stand <laughs> elevating a man to godhead i never could i never will you know to me a man is a man that's all but I don't even know if I'm going to vote. Where are we going? See, I understand. You're never going to vote Democrat, but you may not vote at all. And I've been trying to warn his team that's what's going to happen. Is guys like you who are so fed up with what he has not done and what he has done in some way, you're not buying the big line, vote for me or there's going to be socialism. That's not enough to get you to the polls, right? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. But what I'm trying to say is, well, what about the debt? What about the money printing like crazy? Oh, come on. What do you care about the debt for? Limbaugh didn't tell you to worry about it, did he? Oh, that's not bastard. I'm just... Uh, no, stop. I, I know I'm not supposed to mention him. 
because he's like a god to listeners. And they think I'm jealous of him. No, I'm not, not jealous of him. I, I can't stand people who lead people astray. How's that? Does that work? Why isn't he taking the lead? Why isn't he taking the lead on, on the debt, the national debt? Tell me why he's ignoring it. Why he was screaming bloody murder all the years Obama was running up the debt, wasn't he? Absolutely. Remember the, the measure of the body snatches? Well, that's what he's got. I, they are so boring and repetitive. I can't stomach these people. When I hear your voice, yes, you are soothing and you are like the father that died on me. But you are absolutely 100% about What are you going to do? What are you going to do when I leave the radio or die? What are you going to do then? Probably drop dead with you. <laughs> that's the most beautiful thing i heard my in my whole life a listener's going to commit suicide when i die i love you doctor and i mean that i don't just say it i love you and i respect you and you your- know who you know who just came in the studio who i haven't seen for days little teddy's here licking my hand teddy the mascot came in the 16 year old poodle who came back from death's door last winter you know when i play with my dog he's blind he's largely blind he's deaf but he wants to live, and he's got so much life in him. And I realize every living creature wants to live, doesn't it? So now you've got the Trump administration killing wolves, coyotes, bears. Anything that walks on four legs that stands between the oil men and another diamond prophet is an enemy of this administration. It's getting me nauseous. Nauseous. I don't think I, don't think I can say another word here without alienating 50% of the audience that's left. Listen, I used to be on big stations that I was taken off. Do you know why? I'm sure you know why. It's called a political hit. I'll be right back. Savage. It is summertime in the big city of the Savage Nation. You know, it's the end of the summer at the Hotel Savage, Labor Day weekend already. The whole thing begins, the wheel starts again, and then we go around already. I heard Christmas music the other day on the station. Yeah, they're playing it already. Oh, yes, I did. I already heard the one One played the White Christmas, which will soon be outlawed by Omar and the Democrats for being racist. Maybe they'll demand that God turn snow into a multicultural, uh, multicolored uh, flake. When you think about it, I mean, the white clouds themselves are probably an affront to Omar. You look, she looks up at the sky, she sees a racist god. Because why would he make clouds white in her stupid, twisted Marxist brain? This is how these people think. They're crazy, these left-wing fanatics, when they inject race into everything. So I, I won't be playing I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas because it might offend someone. No more white clouds or uh, snowmen. Think about the snowmen that children make. That's definitely an affront to some people from Columbia University. I mean, you drive through the suburbs, and you're from UC Berkeley or Harvard, and you see little children making snowmen that are made of white snow because there's no other colored snow yet. Uh, it's really a symbol of the Ku Klux Klan, that, that, little, that little snowman that your child's making is made to frighten people of color, according to uh, Ilhan Omar and the other girls in the uh, Brigade of Idiocy. That's how crazy the country's become. It's like a world upside down. Anyway, let me take a caller on the environment because to me it's a very serious topic. We have been given this earth. We are the shepherds of the earth. Our generation is supposed to protect what we were given, not abuse it, not exploit it, not steal it, not poison it. We're supposed to live gently on the earth. 
You hear what I just said? Gently on the earth. I didn't say not live. We're supposed to live gently on the earth. I've told you about Native American hunters, that when they came upon the first of a species of plant they were looking for for healing, a medicinal plant, they did not pluck that first type of the first one they found because they knew it could be the last one. They went deeper into the forest till they found another of the same variety, knowing it would live. But when you have coal men and ranchers who care only about profit, then you have a disaster in the making and you have an environment that is being set back 70 to 100 years under this administration. On some things he is good, on others he is terrible. And I'm going to write his report card at the end of the year in case you don't know it. Oh, yes, you heard me right. I'm going to write that report card because I see the long picture. They don't. Now, if you want to talk about these topics, go ahead. Here's a suburban woman Trump voter saying he's losing me. Did you hear this? You think this is a joke. Trump won by the hair of a nose. And it was largely suburban white women who, who put him over the finish line. They are the ones he is driving away with his decimation policies against the environment and poor little animals. Believe it or not, that's the reality. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation. Home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Today we're talking about legacy in many ways. What is the legacy of this administration? In some regards, it is wonderful. In other regards, it is horrible. And with regards to the environment, it is a disaster. Now, for those of you who are so ignorant, ignorant that you say it's because I've been living in San Francisco too long, it means that you don't know anything. It means you're an ignoramus yourself. Many, many people are now concerned about the environment. No, they're not all environmental wackos. They're worried because the Trump administration has been turning over too many thousands, if not millions of acres of land to logging interests and mining interests for these lands to ever to ever recover again. I've been at this over for, for over 40 years. I am not a newcomer. This is not just to sound clever or to have an opposition to this standard and to do the opposite so you think I'm so smart. Back in 1975, I, I authored a book entitled Plant a Tree, a Working Guide to Regreening America. I didn't become rich writing the book, but I helped cities and towns across America come to understand how important urban trees were for the environment for many reasons. I don't have to spell it out for you. If you study this, you know what I'm talking about. I labored on that book for three or four years to write Plant the Tree of Working. Now, today, if I wrote that book, it would never get on Fox News. Nah, that's not, in, not against Comey. It's not against Mueller. It has nothing to do with Trump. We actually had nothing to do with politics at the time when I wrote the book. In many ways, what I'm saying to you today has nothing to do with politics. Because long after this administration is gone, whether it's six years from now, which I hope it is, or two years from now, which I hope it isn't, we're still left with the same planet that we are walking on today. And we all share this planet. I know it sounds so, I know what this sounds like to the average guy out there. 
They were almost embarrassed to listen to this. They say, why is this guy a conservative sounding like an environmental wacko? The answer is because you don't understand what I'm saying to you. You don't understand that if you are a fisherman or you are a hiker or you're a hunter, if it was not for the previous generations of conservationists like Teddy Roosevelt, the land wouldn't even be there. It would be paved over. It would be, the streams would be polluted. You'd have just pollution everywhere. Do you understand what this is about? We're fighting for the survival of the planet. And it is melting down, and I don't mean because of global warming. It's melting down because of exploitation at a rate unseen in human history. Look at the number of people on the planet. What is it, 7 billion people? Something in that, ver- ver- uh, ver- 7 billion. And now, so you used to have impoverished nations like China until 30 years ago, where the people consume very a small amount of the resources, largely plant-based, not animal-based, because they didn't have the money to consume animal-based products. And then suddenly, because of all of the uh, economic boom in China and Asia and things like that, you've got, you've got an extra few billion people living like kings of 100 years ago. And they're consuming everything on the planet, taking everything in, killing the elephants for the ivory, killing the rhinos for the ivory. Uh, I don't want to go down the list. It's just too painful. So we in America have to understand that we're not here forever, but the earth is here forever. And it does not always replenish itself. Some parts of the earth that are destroyed can never be replenished. Do you understand that? That's what I want you to understand. Florida, May, line seven. Go ahead, please. What's your topic? To you, I'm 76, so I know what you're saying. Because I, I was very active in getting the uh, Wild Horse and Burrow uh, legislation passed. It was an act of Congress. You know all about it. But then the Burns Amendment was made, and ever since... Uh, Obama Zinke was a, ter- uh, not Zinke, um, it was a woman, uh, I'm nervous. Uh, she was terrible. She was terrible. She. No, wait, wait, wait. Who, 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 was, who appointed her and to what position? Obama, Obama. I'm sorry. Uh, BLM. Um, and it Bureau was- of Land Management. Obama. It, 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 okay, so who, who appointed the bad one? She was terrible with the horse. Yeah, but, I mean, but who appointed this terrible person? Buffalo. Um, wait, you're not listening now. Stop. Who is it who appointed this bad person in BLM? Obama. Okay. So even Obama was appointing the rapacious ones. <coughs> Zinke in Trump. No, no, you're mixing things up. Zinke was appointed by Trump, not by Obama. We have a history of, of, of decimating our wildlife and our land. But what are we going to do with all the boroughs that are reproducing out there in the West? And there's there's an awful lot of them. What do you do with all of them? Please, there's an awful lot of people observing. Thousands. No, you're not listening to me. The borough, by the way, the listen to me. The borough is not native to North America. You know that? The borough isn't, but the horse is. I can go outside and find horse fossils. Actually, no, the horse is not native to North America. The horse was introduced by the, by the uh, uh, Mexicans to this country. The horse and the burrow, as far as I know, were introduced by the Mexicans to this country. Back, they disappeared and they came back. That's you're wrong there. Please. Do you know that the Native Americans did not did not use horses until they were introduced to this continent? Did you know that? I understand that. Yes, I do. That prior to the to the introduction of the horse, the Native American did not ride a horse. We're on the same. So, so where the horses come from? They came over from a land bridge. They didn't come from a land bridge. They were brought in. But they, come on, now, you, now you're pulling my leg. 
They didn't come over by a land bridge. They were introduced by the Mexican people in their insurgencies into the United States. The horse and the borough were introduced, and long after they left, uh, they were left here, and they reproduce in great numbers. So what are you supposed to do with the excess numbers of them? Aren't they are completely adapted to our to what the cap? Well, what do you want them to do? Walk around in, in the in Las Vegas and go gambling? Come on! I, you, well, what do you want the boroughs to go into like the Sands Hotel and be given a meal? You need to understand that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people working to to keep our wild horses on their native lands. Well, they're not native lands. No, they're, they're not. They're not. They're an invasive species. But that doesn't mean I want to see them killed in an inhumane way and turned into dog food in a can in Canada either. But I thank you for your concern. It's a very disturbing issue. But to look into the history of the borough and to the, the horse. Okay, Michigan, Sue, line five. What's your topic? Go ahead, please. Hi, Dr. Savage. Thanks for all that you teach. Uh, I just want to tell you, I am one of those white suburban women who voted for Trump. When he was even testing the waters, I went to all of his um, rallies, always mm-hmm. have supported him. But, yeah, he's really changed an awful lot. And I'll tell you what, I'm glad the economy's good because the stock market's going to go up and down. It's up. But extinction is forever and if thank you he get that through his brain no he doesn't he comes from a different world than you do or that i do the years i was sacrificing my family's future by saving plants in the most remote places on earth for future generations he was developing real estate around the world now there's nothing wrong with being a real estate developer but there's been no evolution in his thinking do you know that Yep. I, and, and, you know, I, I write, I read a lot from Edwin Way Teal, John Muir. I follow a lot of that. Oh, come on now. Those are all communists, weren't they? Weren't they all Marxists, John Muir and Teal? And... I don't read that stuff. I only... I'm just joking, but that's what you're going to hear from the ignoramuses in the media who are Trump supporters. <laughs> They're going to call a woman like you an ignoramus, but what they have to understand is Trump won by the hair of his nose, and it was largely suburban women like you who elected him. And if he doesn't understand that the environment is important to you, he's not getting reelected. And we're liable to have a nightmare on our hands. And here in Macomb County, we helped put him over the edge, and he better remember that because I know he listens to your show. Now, where, where's Macomb County in Michigan? Up in the peninsula? We're, we're about uh, 12 miles north of Detroit. Yeah, but are, are you in, would you be considered not in the peninsula, right? Oh, no, no. We're, we're southeast Michigan, and we are definitely... But what about the peninsulaites up there? Are they more like the deliverance types with the broken teeth? Um, they're kind of the youpers up there. That's what they call themselves. What, like, the, like Yukon people up there on the peninsula? Kind of. Kind of, and they're I, not like they're not like city slickers up up in the peninsula, right? Oh no, oh no, they're they're, they're like they're like deliverance country. Like if you go on a hike and turn the wrong way, you get raped. That kind of thing. No, 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 no. They're sweet people. They're just kind of uh, wilderness kind of people. So who are, what are they like? Ex bootleggers, children, or what? Uh, no, not really. I think a lot of there's a lot of Swedes up there that worked in the Swedes. Sweet. Did you say Swedes? S W E E D. I thought you said sweets. No. <laughs> they used to work. <laughs> there used to be copper mines up there. 
So, uh, a so lot they're like rugged, 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 rugged types. Yes. Rugged. Are they, do they vote Republican or Dem? I'm not sure. See, I, I just came to an, a solution of what to do with all the, all the boroughs. Since the uh, symbol of the Democrat Party is the ass, I think what we should do is take all of the wild asses from the West uh, that uh, are roaming around there in the deserts and give them all to the Democrat Party at their next convention. I thank you for the call. I'll be back in a minute. Savage. Mm-hmm. All right, welcome back to the show. Look. I understand it's Labor Day weekend. No one really wants to get that serious about stuff. But I got to make this count. Otherwise, what's the point of doing it? Trump pushes to allow new logging in Alaska's Tongass National Forest. Now, the knee-jerk Republican or the knee-jerk fake Republican conservative, the one who's in it only for the money and tells you that he cares about the earth, will make a mockery of those who want to preserve the earth and save the animals. They'll They'll say that we're all environmental wackos. President Trump has instructed Agricultural Secretary Sonny Perdue to exempt Alaska's 16.7 million acre Tongass National Forest from logging restrictions, which were imposed nearly 20 years ago. According to three people briefed on the issue, after privately discussing the matter with the state's governor aboard Air Force One. Now, what you have to understand is that The Forest Service itself had planned much more modest changes to managing the agency's single largest holding. Modest. They were going to do it more modestly. Trump comes along, and all of a sudden, with a swipe of a hand, he says, all right, let's eliminate 17 million acres from protection, and let's open up this uh, largest intact temperate rainforest that America has, and let's log it, let's drill it, and let's mine it. Let's just decimate, in other words. Let's just exploit the earth and poison the airs and waters. Do you have any idea what this is doing to the, quote, suburban woman voter who put him over the finish line? Do you think that they're all that stupid? Do you think that they can all be swayed by a talk radio host who thinks that he is the uh, master of the universe? I don't think so. I think they can make up their own minds as to what legacy they want to leave their children. You know, I've said this before, one man can do an awful lot of damage to the world, and one man can do an awful lot of great goodness to the world. Look at what Obama did to this nation, one man. He conducted sweeping, sweeping changes, which, is, which has affected us negatively on almost every turn. We now have a man who was a reaction to Obama, but we didn't elect him to destroy the earth. I didn't vote and work for Donald Trump for a year straight to see him decimate the earth. I voted for him for borders, language, and culture. I voted for him to build a wall with Mexico. I voted for him to keep out dangerous people from mainly Muslim-dominated nations, from where most of the terrorists on the earth originate. Despite the narrative of the left, most of the terrorism on the planet is conducted by Muslims, whether it be in Africa or the Middle East. It's almost always unfortunately true. There are people who have hijacked the meaning of that religion and turned it into a holy war. And so that's what I elected and I worked so hard for Trump for. Not to wake up and see him becoming, in essence, like a cyclops trampling across these great plains. No. 
Now, I realize I risk losing a good part of my audience, and you'll, I know I'll get it on Twitter. I'm not listening to you anymore. You've turned against Trump. How dare you say a word about him? Without him, we'll have co- uh, communism. Look, I, I've heard all that crap before. They're laughing at you. That's such a cynical view that he'll save the world. Without him, the world can't be saved. No, it's with him that the world can be saved. And I'm appealing right now to Donald Trump through whoever hears the show for him, if they're still listening, and I don't know that they are. I think they are because I still have contact. I'm begging you to listen carefully. A new study came out. It says a surge in young Republicans are worried about the environment, and they are. We're not talking about the old guys who don't care about anything. They're on medication. All they care about is their prostate and whether they're going to have uh, luck that night with the Viagra-like compounds. That's all. They want to keep their savings, and they don't care about anything else. They know they're going to leave the earth soon, and they don't care about the earth, most of them. So Trump has taken a personal interest in, quote, forest management. He told a group of lawmakers last year, forest management does not mean destroying the forests. It doesn't mean clear-cutting the forests. It means trimming the forests so they don't burn. It means trimming them when the trees fall down to cut them down, the dead trees. It means clipping the trees as you would clip something that you want things to grow around. It doesn't mean destroying the entire forest. The Boy Scouts know this. A Boy Scout knows this. Why doesn't the president know this? Well, it's a big issue. Look up the Tongass National Forest. It's on michaelsavage.com. I also put it up elsewhere. When I come back, I got a great guest for you. If you're not bored, if you're not already bored, you won't be bored. We have Marilyn M. Singleton, MD, on Russia, racists, and ridiculousness. She knows what she's talking about. We're way past the Russia collusion story, but we're now entering the phase where everyone who votes for Trump is called a racist by the true racists of our time, the Democrat Party. Race, 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 and I'm not talking about a foot race or a horse race. I'm talking about the insanity of the racists in the Democrat Party and in the media who are labeling every white person a racist, thinking that will get them elected. Joining us right now to discuss this with uh, some clarity is Dr. Marilyn M. Singleton. Now, i got to tell you something about her background. She's a board-certified anesthesiologist. She graduated from Stanford, earned her MD at UCSF Medical School, two years of surgery residency at UCSF, and then her anesthesia residency at Harvard's Beth Israel Hospital. And while still working in the operating room, Dr. Singleton attended UC Berkeley Law School, focusing on constitutional law and administrative law. How she wound up not being a left-winger, I don't know, but we'll find out in a moment. Dr. Singleton, welcome to the Savage Nation. Thank you so much for having me. Dr. Singleton, with your sterling credentials and having done most of your training here in the San Francisco area, how did you wind up not being a left-wing, left-wing wacko? I just think my parents raised me right. That's all I <laughs> I'm telling you. I didn't know that you had – I mean, I know you were great. I've read your columns for a long time. Are you based here in the San Francisco area? I uh, used to be. Used to be in Oakland. Now I live in Southern California. Oh, because, well, whatever. I have a – speech I'm giving at the end of the month at a certain club. It's a private club. I would have invited you. Why do you think the left-wing media is so, so focused on race today, doctor? 
because it's an ugly word and racism, 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 and they've run out of other things to discuss. And sadly, it's it's a well-known thing that the left has to make people miserable in order to get people to change their ways. Culturally, we have been moving along and getting along and doing very well, and they don't like it. Dr. Singleton, look, you, you point out that we elected the son of a black African and a white American to be our leader in Obama. And then you say at about 12% of the population, the black vote could not have unilaterally pulled this off, meaning Obama captured a good part of the white vote, okay? So therefore, how can you then scream that everyone's a racist? Absolutely, and they only just became racist now. I mean, once they decided they wanted to vote for Trump, these same human beings who were living the same life that they had before are magically hateful, racist creatures. Who, star- who do you think was the architect behind using race and racism as a strategy to get elected? Who, who do you think in the Democrat Party came up with that? Oh, that's such a hard question, because you talk about deep, deep, deep connections, and you hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but it seems like all roads lead to George Soros when it comes to money. Oh, oh, oh. you're a lady after my own heart. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the things, when you listen to the various pundits, now these are supposed to be intelligent people, well-read people, How can every single person use the exact same adjective, the exact same descriptor, whenever something comes up? And that's what I started noticing. So clearly a memo goes out that this is the word of the week. So don't say Russia, don't say collusion, that's over with. Just call everyone who votes for Trump or doesn't want to vote for a communist a racist. That's the new game. That's right. And because it is such an ugly word, the worst part of it is there's nothing you can say. I mean, when they accuse a black man of having white privilege, then you know they've gone over the rails. Wait, wait. They've accused a black man of having white privilege? Who? That David Webb. He was on a radio show, and so presumably the host did not know him, which is surprising. <laughs> they didn't know he was well, black? Oh. And the host called him, said he had white privilege? White privilege, because he was talking about <laughs> personal responsibility, hard <laughs> and merit, you know, this type thing. And uh, so she says, well, you can only say that because of your white privilege. Oh, that's lovely. Dr. Singleton, I'm looking at your sterling credentials, and I'm very impressed because I know what it is to get a higher degree from a great university, but your your credentials are beyond belief. I mean, I have my Ph.D. from UC Berkeley, which I'm very proud of, and I know how hard it was to, to earn that Ph.D. and have my dissertation published. But here you graduate from Stanford. You get your M.D. at UCSF, great school. You get two years of surgery residency at USF, and then while working in the operating room, you attend UC Berkeley Law School. How could you do that? Well, my hospital was just probably a mile down the road. <laughs> okay, that's the, oh, I see. So you slept one minute a night. <laughs> but um, it, it, I worked it all out. And uh, How could you go to, how do you go to law school while being a, 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 an operating surgeon? How is it possible? Oh, well, I, I do anesthesia. So you can do anesthesia 
like on the weekends, and I took a lot of weekend calls. So instead mm-hmm. of working in the morning during the week, I would do weekend call. And Can I ask you something very, very important to me, yes. which is the, the uh, lack of, well, not lack of, the weakening of standards in universities today. When you went to medical school, when you went to grad school, when you went to law school, the standards were very stringent. Have they become weakened as a result of a desire to make certain that the uh, population of those who graduate don't look like you? Uh, This is something, it's very hard to answer. I can certainly see it at the college level. And I'd say some of the, when they look at the grade inflation, I mean, now that they have 4.5 grade point averages and it's like, what they do getting an A. Oh, yes, now they have to give A pluses because there was so much great inflation. And it's really very sad because now when I was in high school, I learned things. And I went to public high school. I learned things that people are just now learning in college. Well, Dr. Singleton, where did you go to high school? San Diego High. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I read Plato's Republic in Jamaica High School in the 1950s. Would you believe it? Well, I would believe it. I In my high school, we were participants in the nationwide Latin test, and we always won. I mean, we it, it was amazing seeing the curriculum, and I'm sure you remember a lot. Well, of- Al Sharpton said there were a bunch of old uh, uh, Greek uh, homosexuals, the Greeks. They didn't know anything. But, well, remember the language that they wanted to be, the universal language, Esperanto? Esperanto, sure. Whatever happened to our Esperanto? Is Bernie Sanders Sanders a professor of Esperanto? (laughs) Well, they taught that in my high school. I mean, now they (laughs) barely teach English. (laughs) Of course not. English is a racist. uh, Just if you speak English too literally, in a too literate manner, you're you're suspect in the America of today. Well, that's very sad and as a black person what really really angers me is the whole concept god and i thought you got there through white privilege well see there you go but the whole oh you i was positive talking with you that you achieved all of these sterling credentials in anesthesiology uh, and in law because of white privilege how would i have known Talk about drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> God, that's fabulous. This this is really great. So do you think the media will ever be able to change and stop using the R word? No, it's, it's become embedded now. And, and this seems quite clear that when they tried to say President Trump was an anti-Semite, and then when it was pointed out his daughter was Jewish, they had to back off of that and then find other reasons to call him an anti-Semite. And racism is very hard to deny. When somebody calls you that, it's very hard to say, no, I'm not. And I recommend to people that you don't even deny it. And, in fact, mock people who say that and go, yeah, well, it must be true. I even have bumper stickers that say, I am a racist. How do you like that? Well, you know what I do if I hear that? uh, They start throwing the race word around. I would say, you know, accusing someone of racism is the most racist thing I've ever heard. Uh, Very good. See, that's not bad. Not bad for a guy who's had a lot of white privilege in his life, being the son of immigrants. 
who, who didn't, I didn't, both of my parents didn't even speak perfect English, by the way. I want to ask you a personal question since I'm always impressed with higher academic credentials, especially from great universities. So you're African-American. Were both of your parents educated people? Yes, yes. They both, they both went to college and, uh, in 1930s. And, well, did, uh, they, did, they, did they go to college in the 30s because they had black privilege? How did they go to college in the 30s? Well, let me tell you, and this is something I think white, current white people need to know and need to learn, and it's something that I heard so much of in medical school, that there are a lot of young white folks that think black people didn't have money and didn't have any education until the caring white liberals of the 60s entered mm. the scene. Guess what? And when I tell people this, the first female millionaire was a black woman, mm. Madam C.J. Walker, and she lived on the same block as Rockefeller mm. after she made her money. And they're how, all- did, how did she make her money? What field? She sold hair products. Isn't she used something? to make stuff in her kitchen, and people thought, oh. oh, this stuff's really good. So she ended up having a business, uh, <laughs> demanded to be allowed to speak at a black business person's conference, and this is back in the early 1900s. I think what you're saying is, is something that needs to be emphasized for a moment, if I may, which is that there were thousands, tens of thousands of businesses, small businesses in the African-American community until... Lyndon Johnson's Great Society came along and made the government the new father and almost decimated the entire enterprise of business in the, in the minority community. Is that an accurate analysis in your opinion? Oh, I think so. And my mother always found it amusing that um, when things became integrated, a lot of the black motels went out of business because people no longer had to stay there. And she said, not that I'm... <laughs> oh, gee, that's, that's unintended consequences. Never thought of it. <laughs> exactly. So the- wait, 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 let me run this back. When motels became integrated, they were no longer exclusively black ho- motels, so therefore people didn't have to stay there and they went out of business? Some did, and, and the reason why, the, the good motels were along the highway, just like they are today, where you can see the Motel 6 and all. You can see those right when you're driving down the highway. And the black motels used to be a few blocks in, so you kind of had to know about them and to go there. Unbelievable. Well, I was hoping this would be as good as it's been. And is there any kind of book we can sell of yours or something we can direct them to? You spent so much time with me. Can I sell a website, a book, anything for you, please? Well, I'll tell you, I'm at theconservativepundit.net, and my medical organization, that's a whole other thing to discuss, uh, is aapsonline.org. Now, what does your medical organization specialize in? Okay, this is the... Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, and we've been around since 1943 when the first socialized medicine bill came out, and 37 doctors got together, started the organization to fight against it, and now... To fight against it? Interesting. Yes, and so our goal is to maintain the private practice of medicine and to keep the government out of the doctors and the patients' business. Well, this interview for me has been one of my most interesting. I love this one. 
Uh, it was allegedly supposed to be about Russia racism, ridiculousness, but it really is about so much more. We're talking, or we spoke tonight with Marilyn M. Singleton, M.D., and I hope you can come back another time and talk about the medical side of Dr. Singleton. I would love to hear that. Oh, great. Well, I would love to come back. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard an interview on the Savage Nation, and I loved it, and I'll be right back. Savage. I want to end the show by showing you what a true paranoid fool can be and how dangerous they are. This is uh, Occasional Cortex, uh, the one with the uh, buck teeth who looks like she is part horse and part human. You must listen to this because there's no way to paraphrase her insanity in clip number nine. There are a lot of diseases that are frozen in some of these glaciers um, that scientists fear that there's a potential that a lot of diseases could um, escape these melted glaciers, things that were frozen for thousands of years, and that they're going to get into our water (laughs) and that humans could contract them. And they are going to be diseases that are thousands of years old that have vectors that we are not prepared for, that we have never seen. Do you understand how stupid she actually is? Do you understand how stupid this bartender is? And yet she has a platform. Now listen, she goes on this moronic, paranoid, schizophrenic in clip 10. Listen to this. That's a concern. Um, even if there are no diseases frozen at all in these glaciers. Oh, now there's no diseases. You have diseases that are spread by mosquitoes and now oh. mosquitoes are starting to fly further <laughs> that carry diseases like malaria and um oh shut up moron turn, turn moron off what moron doesn't know because she didn't take it in bartending 101 is that malaria used to be endemic in the united states of america and then it was eradicated through science mainly the use of pesticides don't try to tell that to moron but the best is yet to come here is Beto saying that U.S. consumers are to blame for the drought in Guatemala. Listen to this paranoid nutcase. In Guatemala, suffering one of the greatest droughts in their recorded history, caused not by God nor by Mother Nature, but by you and me and all of us in our emissions and our excesses and our inaction in the face of the facts. My emissions caused the the Guatemalan drought? You mean every time I relieve myself or I'm relieved through an emission, I'm causing a drought in Guatemala? I had no idea that I had that much power, Mr. O'Rourke. My God, what a responsibility has now become for me to think about it. I promise to control my emissions, Mr. O'Rourke, because I care so much about the poor folks of Guatemala. And that's all I have to say tonight on The Savage Nation. The Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs>